0: you're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network featuring news interviews and commentary on all things Black Hollywood Hollywood Redefined from Los Angeles California presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies this is Black Hollywood Live Justice is Served featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news Black Hollywood Live Hollywood Redefined you're listening to and now, the host for Black Hollywood Live,
1: Justice is Served. Welcome fellow fans of Black Hollywood Live. Today on Justice is Served for May 6, 2015, we are talking about a lot of, a lot of great, uh, legal Legal topics. I am um, your host, Phil Tech, filling in for Sarah Azaria, but we have Chelsea Galicia. Hi, Phil. Returning. How are you, Chelsea?
2: Good. Thank you so much for filling in.
1: Of course. Always happy to be here. Um, of course, after this weekend, everyone's still talking about the fight, but we get to talk about it from a very different perspective than most people would even imagine. And that is, of course, the legal perspective, starting with Floyd Mayweather.
2: Yeah. So he is now facing a new lawsuit as a result of an interview that he gave to Katie Couric a few weeks before the fight. It was an interview to help promote the fight. And in that interview, Katie Couric gently brought up the domestic violence issues. And about that, he said, quote, Did I kick, stomp, and beat someone? No, that didn't happen. Did I restrain a woman that was on drugs? Yes, I did. So if they say that's domestic violence, then you know what? I'm guilty. I'm guilty of restraining someone. Well, uh, the the woman that he... Uh, Josie Harris. Yeah, Josie Harris is a mother of three of his children. Apparently they were together for 18 years. And uh, she is pretty pissed off about this uh, statement. She has, is suing him. For defamation, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and negligent inflection of emotional distress, just in case the uh, intentional one doesn't fly, uh, for these statements, Um, the her version of events, if you look at the lawsuit itself, is really horrifying. Apparently, one night in 2010, he was waiting for her when she got home. She got home, and he was just berating her about where she was and who she was with. Uh, it got pretty intense, and she called the cops. The cops came, and he tried to have her removed from his property. The cops actually um, got him to agree to leave, but then, and this part is so sad, at five in the morning, the next morning, he went to the side door and convinced his nine-year-old son to let him in. And when he did, he went straight for Josie Harris, who was sleeping on the couch and just grabbed her phone, start grabbed her hair and started beating her, dragging her across the room while the children were watching. Uh, in fact, Floyd had brought a friend with him who kept the kids back from doing anything, uh, as he again, berated her for who he was, uh, who she was seeing, uh, text messages. Uh, apparently he's quite the jealous guy. And, um, she was pleading for her kids to go get somebody uh floyd told the kids don't go anywhere i mean can you imagine the position of those kids to have to watch their father beat their mother and then have to pick sides of you know they're both being asked to go get help i that's Mm. just awful and so the nine-year-old um did run away and go get security floyd um took off and but he did um Turn himself in the next day. uh, Of course, um, the woman received uh, medical treatment, was taken to the hospital by ambulance. So this is a much different version of events than um, than Floyd's claim that he was restraining a woman on drugs. Obviously, she thinks, or she says that she was not on drugs. I don't imagine uh, that somebody would find it believable that he found her asleep on the couch and had to restrain her i don't see how this makes any sense
1: at all he- I, th- I think the bigger thing to you know i look at, at it from a pr perspective just no comment to the question and you would avoid any of this whether or not this is true if you want to go after her in some sort of way take it to a legal court but don't you know you're on katie kirk just say no comment well he or knows on, I, I can't talk about it
2: you know he knows that he's a very disliked person he actually blames the fact that he's black rich and outspoken as for the real reasons why people don't like him that's not the reason i don't like him but but there's
1: i mean no there's plenty of uh black rich and outspoken people who are likable
2: right or even if i don't like them as much you know like kanye west for example has a lot of fans has a lot of people who don't like him but my dislike of floyd mayweather it's leaps and bounds beyond my just non-preference for Kanye. So I think that's BS. I think that he it was trying to get more support, more viewers, promote the fight. Uh, and to be more likable, he had to address this. Because otherwise, all that's out there is the convictions. And this was his way to kind of make himself look
1: good. You know what? I mean, here's how you get people. Like, you put on a good fight. This is the worst joke in the world. And I understand this. But had he... Had he been more offensive, um, in the actual fight with Pacquiao, like he was with his wife, he might have actually gotten some fans. I'm gonna stick to that.
2: Okay. That's pretty awful. Um, it is, but,
1: but, you know, I mean, that, but you talk about a guy, like, I you mean, know, yeah, outside true, of the though. legal, just, just do your job, right? And people might actually like you. I mean, Pacquiao is no saint himself. Uh, there's, there's the, you know, from a public relations perspective, uh, people dislike him because of his stance on gay marriage, but you know what? Overall, a much more like person than Floyd Mayweather.
2: Right. Yeah. Once you got domestic violence, um,
1: convictions,
2: it's, it's, it's kind of hard to overcome when people know about it and and then it's this brutal i mean and he brought this on himself he you're right he shouldn't have said anything because then this woman wouldn't have sued him and now we probably wouldn't be looking at the gory details of what happened and i think just
1: opens up a book and if you wanted to pursue this where you were wrongfully you know this was the this was actual fact then you could pursue i think pursue it in a much quieter way in through the legal system and then when you won the case Depending on how, like, the terms are, then you could pro- proclaim it like, hey, I just won this court case. Right. He, and the, this, is, this is what came out of it.
2: You're right. He could have, if he wanted to, um, sue her if she had made up some uh, statement that got him convicted. But obviously that's not what happened. So I think – He's just more of a piece of something than I even thought I, before I, I read the lawsuit.
1: This is this is just going to be because it's, it's going to open up more and more things deeper and deeper.
2: So I don't know what her chances are of actually getting $20 million. Uh, she'd have to pr- show some pretty hefty damages. She's an aspiring TV personality, an author, and, you know, if she's done some work in those fields, that might help her because people um, don't want – a, a public figure that is known as a, you know, drug abuser um or an author they're not going to get a great following. So, she might have a really um strong case for damages, but she definitely has a strong case for Mayweather is
1: disgusting. He's done, yeah. He's done domestic violence.
2: All right. So, speaking of Pacquiao, shall we talk about this poor guy? Yeah, I mean,
1: okay. So, so there's there's a bunch of people suing out of Nevada, suing um, actually, it's just two residents from Nevada suing Pacquiao for uh, undis- for, for not disclosing certain um, things that he should have about the fight, specifically his shoulder. Right. Um, that it may or may not have been injured to the extent it was. It was a it was a rotator cuff, right? Yeah. Um, and there, there, a day before, you have to kind of fill out a questionnaire um, by regulation of the we'll call them the fight committee. And, you know, he answered that incorrectly or falsely. Right, and that's that's what's being held over his head now.
2: Yeah, so these two guys started a class action lawsuit uh, for five million dollars. Uh, the people in this class are supposed to be people who bought tickets to be there in person, bought the pay per view, and even betted. First of all, I don't think that this is actually a, a class that's going to be certified. There's two; these people are not in uh, similarly situated. I don't think the guy who spent a hundred bucks on the Pay per view is not in the same position as a guy who spent, I don't know, $50,000 to attend live. Uh, but be that as it may, I don't know if there's really a claim that can be made by people who bought all of this stuff before Pacquiao even had to disclose the injury. So that form that you're talking about. Um, he filled out the day before, and he did fill it out under penalty of perjury. He marked no under the question of any shoulder surgery that needed to be looked at by um, a, a doctor. Uh, he did have a rotator cuff, but the thing is, is that these fighters fight with injuries all the time. So it's hard to know when is an injury so severe that it would actually make a difference in their performance. Mayweather said that he was fighting with injuries. So mm-hmm. it's a it, it's not as easy as we would think to, oh, he had a rotator cuff tear. He should have disclosed it because he was, it was going to make a difference to the outcome of the fight. Pacquiao said it, it didn't make an, uh, a difference to the outcome of the fight. Uh, I, I don't know if these people will be very successful in this claim, but I do think that even though they disclosed it to the u.s anti-doping agency that it's not the same thing as disclosing it to the nevada state athletic commission so he might be in trouble with the commission for that but to the public does he owe you and i a duty to tell us no about it's like it to me
1: it's, it's it's like any other sport um you know some some teams will say hey this player's playing with an injury or this it's not it's not necessarily public information for us to know you know, who is and who isn't playing with an injury. And to that extent, um, it can also be mental. Um, it, you know, it, The guy could lie. He could lie to his trainers and things like that. And he could still have a great game. And no one knows that he's playing through the most pain he's ever been dealt in his entire life. Right. You know, um, I know plenty of athletes who do that on high levels, whether the Olympics, whether the World Cup, whatever the case may be. It's just is what it is. It's part of it. Um, And he could deep down believe that it didn't affect them. Right. And I don't know. Watching, having seen the fight myself, maybe he would have done a little better. But I don't. I didn't see it as a hindrance. I'm not uh, a, a boxing expert, so I don't know.
2: It seems that he, when he was throwing the punches, they were pretty hard then not all, all of them landing. But the reason he wasn't as aggressive, I think, towards the end, as most of us would have hoped, is because he said he thought he was already winning, so he didn't need to do some over-the-top aggressive move. So I think that's why he lost, not the shoulder injury.
1: Yeah. So, All right. and with the class act, like if, if this was to go through, what does that mean what, in terms of class action? Like, if these people just get their money back. What does that mean? I,
2: I'm usually class action lawsuits are great for attorneys, not so great for the people in the class. Maybe they'll get a voucher to another pay per view event, or um, it's it's not usually exactly the money that you put out. I mean, it 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 could be, but it's very that's difficult. what i'm saying it's so it's, it's like just a gift certificate or you know haven't have you been a part of a class action you get something in the mail that says you know do you own this car or do you have this cell phone service and the, they did something wrong so you get a twenty dollar gift card to something so it's the 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 people in the class don't generally come out you know big winners but attorneys love these cases
1: and you know i just like to see the effort more and other stuff
2: yeah, I know. People- you
1: didn't like the fight. Everyone gets it. So fine. It is what it was and everybody move on. I like it. It's not because of the shoulder injury. It's not because it. it just wasn't a great fight. That's it. Yeah. End of story. Uh, speaking of actual, uh, you know, to me, greater topics of discussion, um, yeah, rather than just Pacquiao, um, Freddie Gray, yeah, and Baltimore. This continue. This this story isn't going away.
2: No, not anytime soon. Um, this last week, the Baltimore city state attorney, Marilyn Mosby is being sort of hailed as a hero for charging the six officers that were involved. Not only have they been charged with some pretty serious crimes, but she said they didn't even have the grounds to arrest him in the first place. Uh, this is the case where the 25 year old guy was just standing around, made eye contact with a police officer and took off running. Then the police caught up to him and are claiming that this knife that he had on him was illegal. Turns out it's not illegal uh, and arrested him. Where things go really wrong is in the restraining of him and then the way that they cuffed him, shackled him, put him in the police van, stomach down, head first, and uh, drove him around what I assume what that happened is that they did this sort of rough writing thing where they accelerate really fast and then stop really fast to have them clash into the side of the van. Baltimore um, has city police department has been sued over this before they've had to pay out millions of dollars to people uh, who were injured in this way. Apparently that wasn't enough. And I'm, I, I think that that's what's going to be um, the most likely story of what happened here. The, uh, the The charges, like I said, are pretty serious. The most serious charge is are, uh, are faced by the. The police officer who drove the van and the ones who put him in the van for not restraining him and not getting him medical attention. The guy that was driving the van is the one being uh, accused of a depraved heart, second-degree murder, which is something that carries 30 years with it. And that's because I I think that they um, have evidence that he was... um, driving in an erratic manner in a way that he knew or really should have known was extremely dangerous to this man's um, well-being, and that's why uh, he's looking at these serious charges. The other officers involved are um, accused of manslaughter, second-degree assault, and of the six that are charged, I think the only one that has a chance perhaps of not... uh, being convicted uh, of something that will land her in jail for too long is the woman. And not. I'm not saying this because I'm a woman, but because uh, what I understand is that what she did is she came in onto the scene when um, she discovered... Freddie Gray unresponsive in the van. And she kind of talked to him, but didn't do anything when he was unresponsive. He didn't, she didn't get him medical attention. And I imagine that her attorney will try and show that at that point, Freddie Gray was already deceased. And so nothing that she did or didn't do would have made a difference. But for the rest of them, I don't see uh, how they are going to escape conviction on something and i think they should do you
1: i i do think they should um you know obviously i've, I've heard a lot of opinions from black hollywood live about this already um whether on this week or uh, black tea party and everything else um to me the the interest obviously you know it, it, this is an issue that needs to be dealt with but then i'm also interested always how kind of it affects everything else you know because it's Like I said, it's not going away um, anytime soon, and the reason why that is is because um, what happens here is going to affect the nation. Yeah, and and how kind of things are dealt overall. Uh, We're in Maryland.
2: Stay vigilant. If we keep paying attention, if we sort of start to ignore it, maybe not so much. But I think if we keep paying attention, um, you know, hopefully it's helping that we're talking about it on these shows to keep attention on the issue. Then yeah, every the eyes of the nation will still be on it, and we'll um, be looking very closely at what people do and these convictions, and hopefully the convictions will be a deterrent.
1: Well, what are you speaking of that? Because uh, that brings up a good point about the coverage that it can receive. Um, obviously, th- there's even debate on how it's being covered in general, right? Um, you know what? What are your thoughts on that? How that's being handled is you. You said we need to continue these conversations and have the right conversations. Do are we having the right conversations?
2: Well, last week we talked about the you know the protesting and the riots and how a lot of the media was focusing on the people who are breaking the law, destroying property, setting fires, uh, and that that is not where the attention should have been sure that deserves some attention it's newsworthy but it's not the bigger issue here and so you know that was a point i was trying to make last week is let's keep this conversation on what really matters here the thing that's going to 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 be with us after the the rioters uh, are sent home and and that is this culture of of police brutality uh specifically against minorities but I think this week, because these charges came out, uh, the, the protests, um, at least the uh, the ones that got out of hand, the ones that were illegal, have simmered down. So now we really can focus on uh, the conduct of these officers and what it means, not just about these six individuals, but about the culture of police departments across the country, saying as how this is no isolated incident. So how
1: do you, you know, um, to me, the the, the riots... Obviously, they signify some unrest in the sense that people are frustrated, right? I mean, this is—I've never heard of or seen more riots than we've seen just even the past six months, let alone a year, two years, whatever the case may be. Um, You know, uh, you can go back to maybe the '60s, but I wasn't there, right? Um, And part of that is, you know, people are frustrated. They—they don't know how to. They don't know the right steps to take to change this. It clearly keeps happening. So if you're an everyday person, what what is an action that you could take apart from a riot?
2: Well, you know, protesting peacefully – as Dr. Martin Luther King would have advocated for us to do, is one thing. The other thing that we can do is vote, not just for president, but locally, really getting involved. I know this sounds kind of, you know, silly maybe to most people and who has time for that, but getting involved in local politics, local elections, state elections, these things really do matter. Who we put in positions of power is really important. And if they're not a representative voice of us, they're a representative voice of somebody and so that's where you know our our vigilance has kind of gone to just die basically is is that we just stopped kind of paying attention we um we fell asleep basically and so now staying awake being uh, a, a a responsible member of this society to be involved in what happens in our elections uh in in where we buy things you know who we vote for. I mean, basically what I'm saying is that where you put your focus and your money makes a big difference.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and it will trickle down all the way to how police behave. So I, I think, I think that's it. I mean, it's not a very glamorous answer to get involved in politics and to be aware of what's going on in your local community, but I don't know any other way.
1: Fair enough. I mean, it, it, it rings true to kind of legal perspective of ignorance of the law is no excuse. And so it's like, okay, it, Even if you're not voting, well, it's going to affect you no matter what. And, you know, obviously this is the unfortunate results that we keep seeing from it.
2: Right. And the other thing that needs to happen is that all of us personally need to figure out where we are. Maybe not racist. A lot of us have a hard time acknowledging race, But where we see a divide between us and other people. Because as we can see with the six officers, some of them were black. So this isn't just necessarily a race issue. This is an issue where you see uh different people as being maybe less human than you are you lose connection with you know their humanity that they are somebody's son daughter mother father and it, it's a it's a personal development spirituality thing for each individual to make sure that we remember that we are very much uh more the same than we are different and i think if we
1: all well have- that's a very much i mean i i think uh humanity can grasp that right uh to an extent obviously but uh but in from what i understand uh as a poli- they they beat that out of you as a police officer
2: i mean some of this uh happens in training sure but i think it this is you know on a deeper level i i don't know if just like police training itself would make the difference i think this is not just action this is uh, an issue of consciousness of um yeah i don't know any other word consciousness and just a, a realization that we're you know, all people, and even if people break the law, that they are entitled to be treated like human beings. I wonder if sensitivity training in the form of turning police officers into, you know, suspects for a day, you know, have them be chased and arrested and put in the back of the van and, you know, driven to the police station and, you know, have them be, you know, go to jail and be stripped down and and sort of, Treat them, you know, like – or put them through the process of, of how people um, go through in our justice system so that they have an understanding. I'm sure a lot of police officers would not like to sign up for that. But maybe something like that is necessary for for them to really feel uh, what it's like to be on the other side.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's, that's certainly an option. I don't think many people would do it voluntarily. I, I don't know. You know um, – but uh, let's move on because I'm sure uh, things will develop and we'll be certainly talking about it. Um, and check back in for all the other Black Hollywood Live shows. Um, this is – like I said, this is a topic that's not going away and we're going to cover it from many, many different angles here at Black Hollywood Live. Um, let's talk about Bruce Jenner. Um, this is uh, – it's always – it's always – Two things colliding at once to create news, right? Uh, you have this, uh, what people are raving about, the documentary that came out, or, you know, the, 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 interview. Sp- the interview, the special, um, you know, and, and he's being touted as brave and things like that, and yet he's dealing with a lawsuit.
2: Yeah. So this lawsuit stems from the um, that accident uh, in February where he rear-ended, uh, a woman, Kim Howe, and she, uh, was pushed into oncoming traffic and, and killed. Uh, the interesting thing about this case is that it was filed by, uh, two stepkids. So this wrongful death lawsuit was filed by two stepkids. She doesn't have any remaining relatives. She, um, had become a widow about 10 years ago. Her husband died in 2003. She had no biological children. She had no blood relatives living at all. These stepchildren are the only ones who could file uh, such a claim. In some states, they actually wouldn't even be allowed to file a claim as stepchildren, but in California they are. But even let's just say that Bruce was negligent, and I, I don't think it's that hard to show that he probably was. He wasn't driving carefully enough and it everything right now looks like it was it was his fault he wasn't doing anything crazy wrong he just wasn't being careful enough mm-hmm. so let's assume that they um, prove that he was negligent the bigger problem in this case will be proving the damages because you know Bruce could have been negligent all day and could have caused this death but if there were no uh, damages to the um, people filing the claim, then they don't really win a case at all. And in this case, it looks like, um, well, if you believe TMZ, there was not really much of a relationship between her and the kids. TMZ claims to have spoken to friends of hers that were very close to her, uh, who said that they had, that Kim had virtually no relationship with these stepchildren. Stepchildren lived on the other side of the country, one in New York, one in Maine. Uh, I saw I don't see any really close relationship. I don't see that they can claim any economic loss, you know, like income uh, from her having passed. And it'll come down to really, was there much of a relationship that Mm -hmm. was lost?
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, It's one of those things that, uh, you know, I disagree with. uh, with, with I don't think they have a case, the stepchildren, but it's almost... Uh, going back to your point about humanity it 's almost sad that she she has no one um and you know that in all essence she she, she could just easily be for if it wasn't for this like case in this lawsuit, she would just be forgotten
2: maybe in the in the public's eye yes I'm, I know she meant a lot of people um to, uh, she meant a lot to the people that she was very social with. She was uh, an animal activist. She was very involved, so I know that she was really loved and respected
1: and admired by people. So, could, could the lawsuit? I mean, uh, could it be ruled? Whatever comes out of it, that this, if it, if the step kids win this, that it gets dis- dis- dispersed through these channels, charities and whatnot that she was involved with.
2: Well. Actually, that's the thing.
1: Regardless of what the kids may want with that money, actually.
2: Well, she had a will set up before she passed. Uh, There was a trust set up for all of the properties that she had, and all the money is all supposed to go to charity. She also, in that will, left money that went straight to charity, mostly uh, animal organizations. Nothing was left to the stepchildren. So So it's kind of supporting this idea that there really wasn't much uh, of a relationship or an economic reliance on her. So uh I I don't think that they're going to win much at all, very low. Maybe I'm going to venture to say not even $100,000, maybe about that one, very low six figures.
1: But you don't think uh that Bruce and his team they're just going to want to settle yeah. and therefore they got like I mean typically um if you you know, it's if you're a celebrity, the, the awful part of it is right right off the bat um you, I could be – you could sue me for a crime I did not commit because I was in a completely different state at the time and I could prove it to you. But to go through the process and paying lawyers and this and that would just be so great that we just settle it and I write you a hundred grand check and that's it.
2: Well, it might and I think um, it, Bruce's insurance company is going to handle that. I don't think Bruce himself will have to pay anything out. I'm sure uh, he's the smart guy and had – you know. A lot of insurance, so I don't think the amount should be so high that it will exceed the amount, and Bruce will be personally liable. So it d- does depend on how the insurance company wants to handle it. Um, many times they settle out of court. We may never even find out about how much the family gets, if anything. Uh, it's My be guess,
1: if I had to guess, it's it, it's as low as fifty grand. Top two hundred. All right, we'll see. That is that is what I would yeah, guess. We'll it to see. Be. I
2: mean, there's there's really nothing else here. There's definitely no punitive damages. You know, if, if Bruce had been drunk or driving erratically, doing something that may have gotten him criminally uh, charged in this incident, then maybe punitive. But there's really not much here. Yeah. I, it's it's saying a lot that even with not much there, you can get potentially you know a couple hundred thousand dollars. But so hey, is the state the... of of our law right now.
1: I mean, unfortunately, I mean, hey, that's, unfortunately for, for a lot of these people that do, do this suing, especially if they're, you know, if these kids are doing it for the right reasons, fine, but if, if they're literally just looking at a paycheck, I mean, it's an easy way to make a yeah. paycheck, I and mean, it's unfortunate, but, it, you know, that's the ugly side of it, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know these people. They haven't, I haven't seen any interviews with them, um, so I don't want to judge them, uh, but, But I guess I'm saying I will anyway. But it doesn't look like there is really, you know, a strong reason that, you know, they're just they've they've actually lost something um, that they should sue for. But, you know, that's the law as it is right now.
1: There you go all right so there you have it uh, for this week's edition of justice is served here on black hollywood live thank you guys for joining us Uh, in the meantime if you guys want to talk further obviously there's the comment box um over on youtube you can comment on itunes soundcloud wherever you want however you want or for more direct kind of interaction chelsea has a twitter yes at chelsea galicia there you go um, and BHL online is Black Hollywood Lives, Twitter, um, hashtag justice is served um, if you want to kind of keep the conversation going that way. So um, however you want to talk with us, we're here. We love listening to your opinions um, because whether you have a law degree or not, there's always a perspective on this And what things. you think matters. That's right. Uh, we'll see you next week with another Justice is Served.
0: The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners So what ends up happening is they'll say, like, okay, between um
1: between needing a rental and um,